0: It can be hard finding stylish glasses for your kids. Jonas Paul Eyewear makes it easy with risk-free trial kits delivered right to your door. And they're super affordable.
1: Visit JonasPaulEyewear.com today and use promo code TheLuckyFew to get 15% off your first order. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Lucky
2: Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Heather.
1: And Micah.
2: And And Mercedes Mercedes
1: isn't here. She's here today. She's (laughs) going to
2: make this episode. She's here with us in spirit, though. But today is going to be a great episode. We are going to be chatting with the one and only Lisa Gunger. Um, she's one half of the Grammy-nominated musical collective Gunger. She's a musician, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a thinker, a mother, and all-around world's best
1: karaoke partner. Because yes, can yes! <laughs> I holler there? Little early. <laughs> Pay no attention to Lisa Gunger in the corner.
2: <laughs> Where's Micah? <clears throat> Excuse me, everyone. Micah, Lisa, and I had an epic night of karaoke. Um, at the Mint in San Francisco. <laughs> it, yes, was epic, right? it, it was epic, right? Oh, it was. God. We're going to post some pictures from that night on our oh. show notes. So oh, good. Students. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, we're talking to Lisa today <laughs> about her career and her family and her faith, and most importantly, what it means to her to be a shouter of worth as a mother to a child who has Down syndrome and as a mother living in the spotlight. So here we go. Welcome, friends, to the Lucky Few podcast. Micah, Heather, um, and Mercedes. Who's not here? Mercedes, who's here. <laughs> friends. Okay, I can't tell you how much I love Lisa Gunger. Okay, Lisa. So I listened to her music forever. I think anyone who was at in the last ten years in an evangelical space, a hundred percent knows who Gunger is. How yeah. we have raised our hands in worship to many of their songs <laughs> uh, in the years. And I remember listening <laughs> to her music. Um, I remember when Macy was born or we brought Mason home and there's a song, Lisa, I know you're not, you haven't been invited on yet, but you can chime in. Um, the song that I can't think of the title right now. Oh gosh, I have to go and edit this. Um, that talks about like how good things come from the dirt. What is the song? Um, Oh, beautiful things, beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust. Yeah. And I have a memory of being in my kitchen, hearing that for the first time. Um thinking specifically of Macy, because I have Mason yeah. and like Like I couldn't listen to it without weeping oh. and just the idea of like beautiful things coming from the dirt and coming yeah. from the dust. Yeah. And oh. then um then we became friends. I'm jumping I'm jumping around our um what's this called, Micah? Our script. Script, thank you. I'm jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping around. So then Lisa and I become friends. And in real life, and I'll tell you guys a little bit about that later, um, because she has a daughter born who has Down syndrome also, Lucy, Lucy. and then now we're part of the Lucky View together, right? Yes, yes, we are.
3: Yes, we hi. are. This is where I can jump in and say hi, right? Yeah. <laughs> <so> we're <laughs> officially, but
2: we're, okay. we're doing it. Lisa's okay. here.
3: Hi, guys. He's here. Hey. I was we're pretending here. to not be here, but I'm here. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> going do that. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Lucky View podcast. Welcome.
1: <laughs> ah, yes.
3: Oh man, I'm I'm so glad to be on here. Same. I'm so glad. I um, there's so many things I would I want to say right off the bat, but I'm gonna let you guys take take the lead with like all the questions because I feel like I could just go on a rant about about Heather Avis huh? I know, right?
1: Uh, we could just yes. turn this into a "We Love Heather Avis" oh stop episode. No, not <laughs>
3: There's no <laughs> possible way. There's no possible way. Well, yeah, I, oh, go ahead, Lisa. Well, I was going to say it would, start, it would start out with look at those cute short bangs you have. The bangs. That's how it would start. Yeah. And then we go into the deeper things. Okay. Oh, yeah, down. go ahead.
1: Um, so I, I love, Heather, that you like, have that connection with a Gunger song and that it reminds you of bringing Mason home. And I have, I, you know, when I first got Ace's prenatal diagnosis, I called, I talked to my brother on the phone. And we were kind of talking through everything and crying and and somewhere in that conversation he he was like, "Well, you know, Gunger just had a baby with Down syndrome, and I actually didn't know because I lived and live and still live in San francisco the which is not the mecca for keeping up with like christian music and um and so I was like i I didn't know Lucy was like a year older than ace, and um." And that was like one of the, the first things that I did, like in my process, like my prenatal process of working through, um, was like, just, I started listening to Gungor, um, oh. which I was, you know, I don't think you can be in church, um, anytime between 2010 and 2015 and not have heard and sung beautiful things, um, mm-hmm. beautiful things, but, um, yeah, I felt that connection immediately and, mm-hmm. um. And yeah, I think it's that, like, there's a magic between Mm. moms of kids with Down syndrome and even just like having that connection, listening to your music, Lisa. Mm, love you. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: I remember Lisa and I moved to the Los Angeles area almost Mm -hmm. at the same time. So I think I was like a month ahead of her. And then the month Mm -hmm. later she moved and we got in contact through Instagram initially. Mm -hmm. And. Um, we were at club 21, which I talk about all the time on the podcast. And every time I talk about it, I say, I talk about club 21 all the time on the podcast <laughs> and, um, and they had a thing called first steps, which is zero. They still have it zero to three year old. And it's basically just like a play group, get together with moms who have babies with down syndrome and Mace or August and I were there cause excuse me, Macy was in school. So August and I are there and there's two women always who are like facilitating it. And it's just August and me. And then in walks. The one and only Lisa Gunger with Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and we both look. you like, "Oh my gosh, I know you!" Oh my god! <laughs> and we weren't expecting to meet that day. Yeah, and, we weren't expecting it. Yeah, and it was so sweet because there were no other parents there. It was just you and you and me, and Lucy and August, and then the other moms who like the older moms. The facilitators, who were- yeah. And so oh yeah, totally connected, and yeah. we're walking
3: out together. Like, <laughs> I thing. unloaded on you. I loved it. It was one of those verbally vomiting days for me, I remember. Because we were so new to L.A. And I was I was totally freaked out coming from Denver, Colorado. Denver was the biggest city I'd lived in. And so L.A. was slightly overwhelming for me.
1: Yeah.
3: But, um, but yeah, someone had shown me your Instagram feed when we were going into Lucy's... Was it her first heart surgery or her second one? I, I, I can't even remember. And you sent me a direct message and said something about it's going to be great. You've been through heart surgery and it's hard, but don't worry about it. Like it was your, the tone of it was like, Hey, I get it. It's hard. This is, this is hard, but kids go through heart surgery all the time. Mm -hmm. She's going to be great. And up to that point, I kept feeling like I was having panic attacks (laughs) because I just, I mean, I'd never been through anything like that before. And I, I just was preparing myself to um, to lose Lucy and your message just to kind of change changed changed the temperature of the room for me mm. and so yeah when I saw you when we walked in um, I, I felt like you were I was v- viewing God herself
1: <laughs> mm. <I laughs> it love was that. it was
3: so wonderful yeah it was great and then I think on as we walked out to our cars, I, um, I verbally vomited all of the things that were recently happening about church. <laughs> That's right. And the, the public world, the public evangelical world. Um, you earlier said that you thought a lot of people were. Uh, there wasn't like an evangelical who wasn't raising their hands to our, to our, music. Yes. But but I think around that time there was there maybe most of them were giving us the middle finger yeah. right
2: and <laughs> yeah. i that just how detached i was from like evangelical life culture, yes. culture yeah and i and some of these words our listeners are going to be like i have no idea what any of that means and that's okay yeah. well yeah we're not going to yeah. go into that's it but fine. yeah, yeah. i like i remember that so clearly where i'm like oh of course everyone wants you at their church you're like actually yeah <laughs> Like yeah, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I didn't. I didn't read the article. I don't I know. You guys, yeah, you guys yeah. are lovely and wonderful. I'm so sorry, but it was. What's interesting, and I want you to talk about this, Lisa, is that um, it seems like there was a huge shift for you, you guys in your faith journey and your, like, yeah, your faith journey is you and Michael, right? Your own family unit, mm-hmm. and then, as musicians and your career and and Lucy. Like it kinda mm-hmm. all happened mm-hmm. simultaneously. Is that mm-hmm. does that sound accurate? And can, you, can I just yeah. jump
1: in really fast? Yeah. I just wanna oh, yeah. make sure our audience knows because I think we jumped to it quick, that that Lisa and her husband Michael, who f- formed the band Gun Gunger, started out as worship leaders in a church, in a mega church, right? And and- well, we started out, We I started out leading music
3: at my tiny home church. Okay. And so did he. Okay. Um, we both came from really small towns, and then we ended up meeting at a university in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And his dad had, his dad was a pastor.
1: Okay. His
3: dad's, he still is a pastor. Um, but had this like wild college, or it was, we called, there was a lot of college students going to the church. There was about 3,000 people. And it was like the wild Friday night church service that everybody went to. Yeah. And so then Michael and I started leading that. And then um, um, Michael's dad had an affair, and the whole church fell apart, and we moved. We got a job offer in Michigan at an even bigger mega church of like 10,000 people. And then that's when we started the band Gunger. We started getting invited out. And, um, that's also really where we started questioning, yeah, like right, right. everything that we've been given. but, um, but, yeah,
1: that's that's our
3: yeah. <laughs> very short <laughs> short night.
1: yeah. so and the so, first the first stuff that you were recording was like overtly Christian evangelical and as just for our listeners who've never listened to your music as time progressed you and michael became more and more outspoken about your doubt about your change how things were changing in your view of the world and of god and of faith and in that process what what heather was talking about started to happen so heather yeah i'll let you jump back or lisa you can jump yeah. back to answering that question heather gave you
3: yeah, thank you, Mike. I'm sure that was uh,
1: confusing. <laughs> we yeah. jumped.
3: We skipped. We're like we're like having our own inside <clears> conversation <throat> here. As, as
1: <laughs> a lot of people yeah. have no idea. Sorry about and that. And I
3: also just want to apologize for all the throat clearing I'm doing. I just got over strep throat, so oh, dear.
1: there's that as well. Fun. Yeah, it was fun.
2: <laughs> so yes, yeah, tell it. Take us. I I know that we could do an hour long interview, and you've done these, so people can look it up and listen about that faith journey. But give <clears> us like the little. Snidbit, snidbit tippet, a
3: snippet, tip it. A snippet. I like that word. bit tip it.
2: A snippet. <laughs> of, um, so you, you're you at this mega church and then you're having this like come to faith in a different kind of come to faith way. But Lucy is a big piece of that. Like having Lucy well, in the midst of that. Talk, talk about yeah.
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, so after, so we had left the mega church, and we actually started a church in Denver, Colorado. There was a bunch of like hippie kids. We started in our house, and then we that grew. We moved to this basement, and um, it was it was wonderful. Like I think we were also like two kids with these grand ideas about, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wanted to fully embody our faith, and it not just be this show on a stage. Um, so we, we got burnt out of the really big, uh, mega church thing. And again, we started questioning a lot of the doctrines that we had held so close to our hearts and, um, through the journey of, so we started a church called Bloom in Denver. It's actually still going. And, um, Bloom was the, f- really the first place that it was free to question everything that we'd been handed, um, uh. And when I say everything that we've been handed, I'm speaking religiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, there was no, there was no box. Um, any of the lines or, like, boundaries and constraints that had kind of held us before in the evangelical uh, megachurch world, it was, all, all those were gone. And so it was like this bold new world of what, what do we really believe about the life of Jesus and what do we really believe about Christianity? Uh, these are the questions that we're asking ourselves. So that it was such a beautiful time and such a like Bloom. Oh, uh, it we we started traveling a lot with our band. And Bloom was the thing that really grounded us. Yeah. So it was this really deep community of really good friends, deep friendships. Um and it got to the point from Michael, though, like the more we were traveling with our band um, and playing at like these, I mean, big arenas of like 30,000 people, um, the more we saw behind the scenes of um, this, the evangelical culture. I mean, yeah. and again, it's not, it's not everyone. It's not every, uh, it's not every um it's just people. That's one yeah, thing I've, yeah. I've learned. Any, anyone can poison a really beautiful uh, belief or religion. Sure. So we we just started seeing, like, the corporate world of it all and uh, got really disheartened by it and saw a lot of bigotry and I mean, hypocrisy. Um, we began to see more and more of our own bigotry and hypocrisy. Mm. And... Um, for Michael, so he and I, I'm, like, doing these hand motions <laughs> that nobody can see. <clears throat> we'd always been on the same page uh, with our doubts. And, like, the, the conversations that we'd had about God we were very open with each other. And one of us would kind of, like, move forward and say something that was um, more out of the box than the other person or... Um, risky, you know. Uh I remember telling Michael for the first time, like, I don't I don't think I don't think I can read the Bible anymore because I don't know if any of it's true.
1: Mm.
3: And this at this time we were traveling the world <laughs> as as a Christian band Right,
1: right. Um, and yeah.
3: he's like, you might not you probably shouldn't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> but then in um in twenty in twenty ten we had our first daughter, Amelie. And for me, she was really, it was right before that that I wrote Beautiful Things. I I started writing Beautiful Things. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael, we ended up finishing it together. But the start of the song Beautiful Things was because we couldn't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And we tried for six years. And so that, so her birth was 2010. And for me, that completely blew open um, all the constructs of my faith. Um, Because at that point, I was... I didn't know how a good God could send anything that he loved to a place of eternal damnation.
1: <laughs> didn't, didn't Just make sense. The easy questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's where
3: that kind of ended for me. And a lot of people had, you know, issue with that. Um, and then in 2012, was when Michael got to the point, he was struggling so much with his beliefs that he became an atheist. And then 2014, I'm pregnant with our second daughter, and Michael is. I I I had really really struggled, and then was I guess you could say I was like a a mystic, and he was probably like creeping back towards mysticism, mm-hmm. um, but had been an atheist for a little while, and. We talked really openly about it in our in our songs, or interviews, or with whoever he we and now He told everyone at our church at Bloom that he wasn't sure what he believed, um, and I told everyone I wasn't sure what I believed. But he had told everyone that he he was at a point in his life that he was an atheist, but that he was still searching. That he didn't think his spiritual journey stopped there. Um, so, so we make this announcement with our close community in Denver and then we end up, we're touring and it's slowly coming out, like all these you know, controversial uh, discussions are happening and, and slowly I think people are starting to a little bit like dis- dislike what we're saying in our songs or uh, talks that we're giving or in interviews um, because it didn't line up with the evangelical
1: yeah.
3: uh, view. So then we are in the hospital. Hmm. We have this beautiful baby girl. And within minutes, we found out she has Down syndrome because Lucy turned blue right away. And so she had two heart defects. One, um, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know by now, like heart defects are pretty common with children with Down syndrome. Um, So one of them that Lucy had about... Half of the kid of children born with Down syndrome will have this heart defect. So she had to have an an AV canal repair. Mm-hmm. But when she was first, when she was two days old, she, her first surgery was she had um, a pin, a pinch in her aorta, mm-hmm. which is super rare. So because of that pinch in her aorta, she wasn't getting enough oxygen, which is why they actually induced me in the hospital. She was. Um, about a month early. A, a month. No, I was 37 weeks when they induced me. Um, so she wasn't getting the oxygen between her brain and her heart wasn't flowing properly. <clears throat> so that's why they induced me, and then we found out the pinch in the aorta was the cause. So they had to have put her on medicine and have surgery right away. Um, but at the moment that we found out about Lucy um, as many people can attest to, I mean, we, we were not ready. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We weren't ready for that kind of news. And we thought that we would be, uh, we had, we had thought that our first daughter had, there was some signs that she maybe had Down syndrome. Um, but with Lucy, we didn't do any tests because we said, well, if she does have Down syndrome, that's not going to change anything. We're going to love her just as she is. And it's going to be great. And then when they told us that she had Down syndrome, um, I was just, I was so afraid mm. uh, because I, I bought into all the bullshit that our culture fed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain had been fully programmed about what mm. Down syndrome meant. Right. So I didn't know, and I was so wrong about all the things <laughs> I thought I knew <laughs> about Down syndrome. Um, but I remember in that moment feeling like this, all of the things that I thought I knew about reality, not, not just down syndrome, but all of life kind of like just fell away and crumbled. Mm. Um, I mean, I definitely had an out of body experience when they were telling us about Lucy's heart conditions and I saw her turning blue. I thought she was going to die. And, um, the the whole world just kind of time stood still you know and I felt like I could just I was hovering like above my body watching everything happen and watching people hurry and be sad and I saw Michael and I could just see everything move in slow motion and it was it was a gift it was I think for the first time really saw things as they are, and I say that hesitantly because I think I had some other experiences through my life of seeing how everything is one
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, when we zoom out far enough,
1: yeah
3: mm. um we're all one thing, we're not mm. separate as our um, brains like to tell us we are right, <laughs> right. so. I could feel it in my body in that moment. I could feel the oneness on, yeah. on such an uh, intrinsic level. So it was—it was—it wasn't just a thought in my head. It was a whole-body feeling. Yeah. Um, so that changed everything for me. Lucy's birth changed everything, and a little bit after, like the chaos subsided because they were doing tests on Lucy and people were, you know, kind of silently freaking out <laughs> again. Like I, I think the nurses and the doctors, they, I was so lucky because the doctor who delivered Lucy was the doctor who delivered uh, my first daughter. Wow. So I, I had known her for four yeah. years. Sweet. So she hugged me. We cried together and she was like, this is going to be, this, this is wonderful. Mm. So I had That's a incredible. wonderful doctor in the room, wonderful nurses. Some, some were, you know, some people were in the room saying, "We're so sorry." You could feel the shift of yeah, excite like the shift of congratulations, you have a baby to. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is what you got, which is right, right. Yeah, fucking terrible. A lot of people's stories. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. stories. right. Um, which I believe I'm hoping. I know that this podcast is changing that narrative and all of the families of kids with Down syndrome, are all trying to change that, Mm
1: -hmm. that hospital room moment. Right. 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 You know, we just had (laughs) an episode about that Lisa last week where we interviewed Jen Jacob from Down syndrome diagnosis network. Mm -hmm. And she's Mm -hmm. like going around the country, speaking to medical professionals about how they deliver that news and like the importance of saying, this is going to be wonderful. This yeah. is going to be beautiful. Yes. And, um, So, man, we're going to yeah. get that. Let's yeah. get that changed. Yeah. Let's get that yeah. changed.
2: Yeah. I want to bring us um, to what something you were talking about, Lisa, when you said you had that like out of body experience with Lucy, and when she's born and her birth just changed everything. And you wrote a book. That was released last year that everyone will have it in our show notes. Everyone listening needs to go buy this book yes. now, like hit pause, go on Amazon, buy the book. Then you can come back it's called the most beautiful thing <laughs> I've seen. It's stunning. I mean, you're, you are a master with words and then you just Thank are you, so friend. transparent and um, authentic and share your story in such a beautiful way. But there's this quote that I think for me, um, having a child with down syndrome taught me this. And so I want to read this mm. quote and then I want you to tell us more what it means to you in your life, but it says, I used to believe there was some line between what is sacred and common, miraculous and mundane. My perspective had to shift to see that actually all of the bushes are burning. The entire world is ablaze. Mm -hmm. And I know that this, I didn't understand that. I can agree with this before having Mason in August. I didn't understand that sacred and common go together, that miraculous and mundane are intertwined I thought everything was separate too. So, what? Tell us what mm-hmm. that that quote means to you in your life. Um, yeah, having Lucy tell us more yeah. about
3: that. Uh, well, uh, you know, as as the human species, <laughs> we <laughs> we that's just part of our. That's what humans do. We define and we separate. We, the moment we have. a a child, we call them something, we name them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're a, you're a Heather, you're a (laughs) uh, Jacob, you're a Michael. And we accept that. We're like, Oh, I am. I'm a Lisa. Mm. That's a tree. This is a table. That's a microphone. This is an iPhone. And there's something about labels that can reduce. Mm I mean, (laughs) there, there's, yeah. I think labels are great for defining complex things in a short amount of time. But you take something like down syndrome, that's not going to tell you anything about that person. Totally. And you even say even something like a like a tree or common things we see all the time, it's the, these words are so reductionistic because we don't it for for me and a lot of the people, I would say a lot of humanity, um, it, it blinds us to seeing what is. Mm. And I think it's it's easy to miss mm. the magic that is happening. Yeah. It's easy to just think it's common to be spinning through the atmosphere on this ball of... Uh, on this rock that we call earth we've labeled it so it's like no it's called earth it's not weird it's right <laughs> this is how our solar system works and we rotate <laughs> around the sun it's a it's a it's a ball of fire burning in the sky but we we don't think it's amazing right mm. we, we like we've mm-hmm. lost yep. the magic and we're looking for other magic and which can end up ha- you know, translating into so many of our religions, and we're not satisfied with what is because we can't see the beauty of what is. Mm. Um, and that's what Lucy broke open for me. Wow. Because when, when they were like, I'm yeah. so sorry, she has Down syndrome, I was looking at her like, but she's awesome looking. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's awesome looking.
1: <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. I just, like, I just, oh, I have to break in because I just was, um, saw a video of of Lucy this morning because I was reliving and watching your video for light. And that little, I mean, uh, that little circle head, he's yeah. had that little circle uh, head too when he was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Liv- then like, when the, the just a, a baby with Down syndrome, a newborn not- with Down syndrome and their their noses aren't smushed, like nothing's smushed. Everything's like yes, perfect.
3: perfect. It's so cute. Oh really cute.
1: So cute. And like, their, their, their
3: body knew how to grow. Like, nobody. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they, everything. Like, I'm not even sitting here telling like my hair to grow or my heart to beat or so it's like, okay, so cool. She has extra chromosome. Um, she she also has eyeballs that, I, that work. don't tell that work and they're moving around yes. and skin and toes. And she has this way of communication, even without words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it before Lucy was talking, Lucy actually is talking now Yeah, <clears throat> she is verbal, but we weren't sure if she was going to walk because her feet were folded up on her legs. We didn't know, I mean, if she was going to talk oh, things, or right. all the sure. things. But what I realized is she was communicating with me on a level that I wasn't communicating with even mm. a lot of friends on. Yeah, Like she has all these abilities yeah. that were totally discarded and ignored yeah. um, because we have this ridiculous hierarchy of of abilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um we have this feel, measuring yeah. this like measuring stick for for humans. that's like, well, if you were going to measure a tree if it, if the tree was thriving, how exactly would you do that? Right. It's got its bark and its yeah. leaves and how you're going to measure it like over and against all of the other trees. That mm. it just it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous idea. And we put it on all of our children. And I didn't even realize how I had Done that with our oldest Amelie. Yeah. Like, oh, she's so, isn't she so smart and witty and isn't she, right. you know, hilarious and yeah, she's excelling and look at what she can do so early, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't even realize what my words were probably doing to her. Um, my expectations of her as a human changed when Lucy was born. My mm-hmm. expectations of what human thriving totally changed uh, when, when Lou was born. Yeah. And yeah, it, it so right, um, right after, well, it was a little bit after they had put Lucy like back in my arms for a little while <clears throat> and then they had to take her again for tests. And Michael came in, I guess he had gone away for a minute uh, and he called his sister because he was he was freaking out. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought I was freaking out. He was really freaking out. <laughs> he was oh, like, man. he was like, we're musicians.
2: <laughs> we're <laughs>
3: totally unorganized. Um, I mean, everything that we had heard of kids with special needs, like order nice. and schedule was paramount for them. And we were like, we are not anyone who knows us knows our life is just always like about to go off the rails. <laughs> <organization-wise>. <laughs> We're traveling on a tour bus full time. We're like, this is, we, we thought it was, we couldn't, Michael in his head, he's like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. So he called his, his wonderfully wise sister. And then he came back in the room. And again, this is Michael who was recently atheist, Mm -hmm. Uh, comes back and he had put his hand on me and I don't I don't care this isn't even about like religion to me it's not about religion or what faith you ascribe to but the words all of these religions are pointers to the truth and so for us our religion that brought us to truth was Christianity and we're both now at this place where we are we love it and we're so grateful. Like we had to go through the time of <laughs> being angry and kind of mm-hmm. tearing apart what it is that we believed. But so he so he comes back into the hospital room and he'd put his hand on, on my stomach and started saying scripture that we both had grown up with, mm-hmm. um, which is for you created her in her mother's room. And she's fearfully, wonderfully made and started saying these things about Lucy. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was kind of a breaking, a a real breaking moment for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I hadn't heard him quote scripture in years. And um, I was pretty afraid that what was gonna happen to us, like our marriage for a while, and now I have a child with special needs. And all the stories I've heard is mm-hmm. it's you're more likely to get a divorce when you have a child with special right. needs. So these right, are all the right. things all swirling in my mind. Sure. And then he comes in and we share this moment together. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a veil lifting moment. It was a burning mm-hmm. bush moment. It was mm-hmm. a seeing what is moment. Mm-hmm. And that.
1: The realest real.
3: Yeah. Realest real, I love that. Yeah. And so like to sum like all of that up, I mean, there's definitely like I mean we had surgeries, there's just right. like any kid, there's struggles, you're not sleeping, there's yes. it wasn't like that was the moment and we're like, well, everything's really great and happy now and there's no problems. <laughs> but um but that that started the journey for both of us. Where we re- it that changed our entire lives because we realized suffering is what happens when you want what is front of you to be di- in front of you to be different than it is. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's talk about the song Light. Okay, I will be braggy about my insider ness here because I remember when my family and I were living in Arcadia, and you and Michael came over with your kids. Mm-hmm. I think that Don and Betsy were in town, maybe not. But I remember sitting in our backyard, yeah, so. and you guys had just recorded Light and michael's like hey do you want to hear this song oh yeah oh, and i'm like yes i'm getting chills thinking about it and he played it and i just like you just can't talk right like because yeah. it because it's about lucy because it's about august because it's about macy um mm. and it rocked me and it it was yeah. just such a sweet it's a, it's a great song
0: it's a great yeah.
2: song and and i want you to tell us tell us more about like when you wrote the song what it means to you Maybe, I don't know if it's changed the meaning from when you wrote it to now, um, when you perform it on stage, all of the things.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I have to, I'll break in and say that I, I got to, I was sitting next to Lucy um, when you recorded it. I mean, not when you recorded it, at least oh, when, when you performed it, it That's you right. were performing it and you said um, from the stage that it was one of your first times to sing it with Lucy in the room. That's right. And, and yeah, and that was—I mean, <laughs> talk about me um, feeling the tears because I was like, yeah. um, I had Ace there with me, and he was like, I don't know, two years oh, old, he was so I don't know. small. And then, and Lucy's just hanging out with us up in the balcony, just yes. walking around and like you know, letting everybody know what she wanted, and um, <laughs> and just to have them both there with me while you're performing on stage. It's, oh I heard when, when Heather said tell me
3: what it's like to perform it I thought of that moment uh, because that was um that was the hardest that that it's ever been well wow. that was the second hardest it was it had ever been to sing the song mm. because I saw you up there with both of them and I I <laughs> I had to I had to shut down yes. the emotions Yeah. I, I mean normally with singing songs you know I'm getting in touch with the emotion of the song. And oftentimes with that one, I have to put a lid on it a bit or I will turn into a weepy mess yeah. on stage. Yeah. I uh, can do that. But yeah, I remember that. That was, that was really beautiful. Um, so writing the song, the song started when we had left and went to Michael's parents' lake house. So, Earlier, Heather had mentioned that, like, there was a, like, blow up with us publicly. Right. And um, and then Lucy's stuff, like, all of that kind of coincided at the same time. So 2014 was the worst year
1: mm-hmm. for us. And we that was so the same time you now. guys moved, too, right? The same so time move we moved. cross-country. Yeah. Lucy's we born. had a,
3: a close friend die, oh. uh, pass away, dear friend. And neighbor of um, many years, like he was so dear to us and was dear to our girls that he suddenly passed away mm-hmm. very tragically. and um, and there were a few other things attached to that as well that happened that year. some like private family things that it it was just unbelievable, all the things yeah. that were happening. yeah. Um, so we had headed to michael's Michael's parents have a lake house in, in Missouri that we try to go to every year. And um, we've gone there since we were dating wow. and it's, so it's a really special place for us. And, um, we, we had driven up, pulled into the driveway and my brother sent me a text saying, Hey, have you, have you seen this? And it was an article saying how we were, that we had really gone astray Mm. meaning gunger our band right right and um and I kind of laughed it off because I thought it was I thought it was a joke because uh, again at this point we've been really public about
1: right our, our beliefs
3: and our struggle and doubt and uh, there was I mean everyone at our church at Bloom was on board and supportive and really embraced us and um didn't turn us away I mean there were some people there were some people in leadership that we're really struggling with it. And pretty soon after Lucy's birth, so this was the other big thing was we, um, one of the other people in leadership at Bloom, didn't want us there anymore because of our struggle, which um, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I can see, <laughs> I'm not like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're pastoring a church,
1: you probably should like, believe in God. you should right. believe in God. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But the whole point of Bloom, like the whole reason we had started it was, it was all about inclusivity. So mm. it was, although we understood at the same time, it was heartbreaking. And it was also one of Michael's best friends who mm. wanted us out. And
1: it's so, hard. so there
3: was like a church struggle happening. And we just never thought that the church that we had started, that that would be one of the places that would have this struggle and people would get hurt over it. And right. so we decided to, to leave because we didn't want um, we didn't want to split people apart, right, right. split the whole community apart. <clears throat> so we're in the middle of this like chaos with the church. So we head to the lake house and then we get this text saying that publicly things are blowing up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the fire was like lit in the whole like evangelical
1: world. It was like the tipping point where suddenly everybody's was, talking about yeah. you on Twitter.
3: Yeah. So, cause people didn't know. Right. I mean, right. My favorite bands, I don't follow their life. I don't
1: sure.
3: I don't follow them on Instagram or Twitter. I just listen to their music and love it, love the art. Um, so there's a lot of people. The majority of people weren't listening to right. what our journey actually was. Right. <clears throat> so it blows up publicly, and we have a guy that ends up calling every show that we had and telling, demanding that they cancel our shows, or he's going to ABCD, like all these things. Right. So. So within hours, we see our career falling apart. So we didn't have a career. Um, at the time, we didn't have a place to live, uh, that which is why we were, went to the lake house. <laughs> um, and we have a, these doctor bills that at mm. the time, we just couldn't... They were piling up, we couldn't pay. How old was
1: Lucy at this point? Lucy was seven months old. Lucy was...
3: Yeah, she was around seven months old.
1: So she'd already had two heart surgeries Yeah, that you have bills for mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that she's recovering from. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, wow.
3: yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, things with insurance where they're sure. fighting it and trying to not pay some of it. So that's why the bills were so huge. Um, so there's my older daughter, Amelie, as we're trying to, like, get online and discuss with people and, like, Basically trying to, like, fight our our case yeah. and say, put no, no, d- have, have, have you never doubted? We're humans, too, you know? Right, right. Um, put out the fires, yeah. And I just looked, I, I just, I remember this, or I think I remember this moment so clearly, uh, but I remember looking at Amelie, and she had been so patiently waiting in the hospital all these times for us, mm. and you know, since another baby came along, I mean, normally a lot of attention it, with, with a second kid attention gets, you know, split anyways, sure. but with a, a child with surgeries and special needs, yes. I just saw in her eyes, like, wait a minute. I thought this, we were coming to the leak house to like get a breath and be a family for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know what? Cuz cuz we had said we were going to go swim in the in the lake when we got there. We were mm-hmm. the first thing we were going to do was jump in the lake and then everything blew up. So hours had passed and it was nighttime at this point. And oh. I was just like, you know what? What what happens is going to happen. And calm right. I knew that calm doesn't come from me trying to put out fires, it only yeah. comes from an internal space within myself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of shut shut all the noise out and grabbed Amelie's hand and we went and like ran down the dock and jumped in the water at night. So we started swimming and it was uh, so beautiful. And then moments later, Michael came down and he had Lucy in a little, bas- little basket. She's sleeping and he had his guitar and he's playing
1: mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> and started playing this beautiful uh, piece that ended up becoming. The interlude in the song Light. Wow. Just a very I know. long and story. I know
1: exactly that interlude. <laughs> I know that yeah. And that's, I mean, good gravy. Like, you're swimming in the lake at night with the stars out in the <laughs> middle of the awesome. summer with your baby girl, and then your husband yeah. is playing music on the, Yeah. On the I'm getting all, I'm all this teary. is incredible. <laughs> I love it that. It was story. beautiful.
3: It was a beautiful moment. It was. Went... Oh. It was amazing. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I mean, the lake was—it was pitch black, and just the stars in yes. Missouri were so vivid. Yes. And then Michael's playing this thing, and, and I, we were not, laughing and then crying. Right. And it was amazing.
1: Well, and you, and all of the external stuff, you know, like the the whatever people are saying online, and all of the the noise, and but it's like bringing it back to what. Was always there, which for you and Michael, it was music and it was each other and this family you had built together. I yeah, love that. Yeah, love yeah.
3: That. So it was that—that's where the song originated, and then we ended up, um, yeah, writing the rest of it later. Yeah. Oh. I love. That. But it's hard. The the first time we sang it, I I couldn't sing it because I think we sang it about. Um. I, I don't know. It was maybe seven, seven months later that we performed it somewhere and I couldn't get through the song. I just Uh. sat there and cried. Uh, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And I will, I'll say to our, our listeners that, um, if we'll, we'll put a link to that video because, um, the video is so beautiful because it's all of these like moments of personal moments for you guys with Lucy. It's you in labor in the hospital and the and and Lucy right after she was born and that moment you described where your OBGYN is hugging you that's in the video oh yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah and and in these these moments of Amelie and Lucy playing together um in Lucy's crib just it's it's a beautiful video and that song is is just one of those Um, it's a simple song and it's so meaningful. So I hope that everybody will take a second to go listen to it and and watch the video.
3: Oh, Um, thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Okay. So Lisa, uh, this season we are talking about what it looks like to be an advocate for our kids. And we're talking to lots of different people in different spaces about, you know, whether people have dedicated, their careers or their time just to Down syndrome or, or to um, communities with different abilities, or if they are people who are just like living their lives in the business world um, or or wherever you find yourself. Right. So here you are, you are a musician in the spotlight. And, and I think what we would love to know from you is is what does it mean to you to own your influence in the spaces you inhabit? What does it mean yeah. to you to be an advocate for Lucy, to be a shouter of worth for people with Down syndrome, um, just as a musician doing your thing, going on tour, yeah. you know, not oh. necessarily singing songs about Down syndrome, you know, like, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> outside <laughs> we <of> that. <laughs> we were joking about that <laughs>
3: right before <laughs> everyone else. I think it might get edited out at the beginning, but yeah, we were like, maybe we should have songs about Down syndrome.
1: <laughs> we um, we were coming up with a pretty beautiful one, I have to say. We were. Maybe yeah. we'll add that into the the end of this.
3: I think we show. should do it. Yeah. I think we should <laughs> write one. <laughs> Talking about the the chromosomes, but the chorus is just like Down syndrome is awesome, or some, something like it's that. It's awesome,
1: that and was... there's three copies of the twenty first chromosome.
3: That's good. Do do.
1: Yeah, I think we have. We can work on it, Lisa. We could get we it a little bit. We have the shell of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll keep it. We'll keep it going.
3: Yeah, good. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, that's a, that's a question I haven't really um, thought about. Like, I don't, I don't think about. It doesn't feel like there's like a have to. I think that's the first right. thing that kind of right. comes to me. It doesn't feel like, um, I think there was a time it felt like I have to, I have to be an advocate now. And that's right. going to be my, um, like the entire, the entire thing, um, which I talk about in my book. Where I thought the journey was going to be all about, I have to tell the world about my daughter Lucy and how amazing mm-hmm. she is and how Down syndrome is not what they think it, it is. Um, <clears throat> I have to tell people that she, her life matters right. just as much as any life matters, and I mean without without giving everything away <laughs> that I write about in the book. But it's like <laughs> some things a lot longer. In I know <laughs> little secrets, though. No. But um, it, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But we, I was led to myself. Mm. And I'm realizing that I, how can I be an advocate for my daughter if I don't, if I believe that there are parts of myself that, that I'm ash- that are ashamed. Mm, that's um, so good. So I, so I feel like it's like a, a broad, <clears throat> a broad, I don't want to, maybe, maybe message, I guess, that that we sing about and we talk about and I post about because it's about the things I talk about with down syndrome and trying to be an advocate for her. It's about her, but it's also about everyone. It's
1: about humanity.
3: Um, Yeah. It's about all of us. It's about, Mm -hmm. yes, there is pain in the world, but what suffering are we causing just because we want things to be different than it is? Right that can be found in the down syndrome world that can be found in any in in anything that can be found within myself uh, as um, a mother who's aging living in los angeles you know i could buy into the culture that i need to look a certain way or that my body needs to be a certain way Mm -hmm. and instead of accepting what is and not suffering (laughs) and and that's an interesting i mean that's a much deeper conversation that michael and i talk about a lot because there's obviously deep suffering in the world um but not all of it i'll say this we create a lot of it Mm. uh, within ourselves so i love being an advocate for people with down syndrome and singing about it in our songs, um, uh, going to like specific things that are for people with special needs, doing fundraisers, things sure. of that nature. But also I see the the platform that I have. I I I don't take it for granted. Um, but I want everyone to know that they that their bodies are not full of shame that their Mm -hmm. bodies are intrinsically good and beautiful, that there's, there's nothing about any part of the body that, um, has bad connotation to it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about any kind of life that is shamed. Um, and I think, you know, there, you can get caught up in the the game of platforms as well (laughs) and how many followers you have and try to like protect your platform and build something, um, build something really big. I don't, I don't feel that way anymore because after seeing the, the oneness of it all, (laughs) there's, there's, uh, it takes away that, that ego Yeah. To build up something for myself, you
1: know? Absolutely. And that's like, I mean, we've been talking this season about how to be a shouter of worth, to be an advocate for your child. You're, I mean, it really, it doesn't matter how many followers you have or what you're like, how many people are listening to you or where you find yourself being an advocate is like showing up at the park with your kid who has down mm-hmm. syndrome. And mm-hmm. I love, I love too, what you're saying, Lisa, turning it on its head in terms of like, what about, what, what are we doing? Um, are we shouting the worth of, of ourselves to ourselves? And, yeah. and like if we are going to stand out, out front to the rest of the world and say like, my child with down syndrome is valuable their humanity is just as true as everyone else's humanity, then we also have to look at ourselves and say, yeah, how am I, how am I saying I'm not worthy because I don't add up whether it's intellectually or physically or, um, you know, all the things we can put on ourselves that, that we are not enough.
3: Yeah. Which for me at my core that I don't, that I don't, Sorry, I'm not saying that right. That was do and don't mixed <laughs> together. <laughs> that I didn't realize um, until I became an advocate for Lucy was, <clears throat> again, I love I love the spiritual path that brought me to where I am. But the thing that's really harmful, that that's at the core of a lot of... Um, Christian circles is that you're bad mm. you're mm-hmm. born into sin you're born with a sin nature mm-hmm. and that the moment you're born you're told there's a problem mm-hmm. I mean I remember at four years old I was told that I needed something else in order to for this body to be good mm. and that that was salvation that was Jesus and that was a relationship and and me through prayer and through like all these things that then I would become holy instead of knowing from the moment, from moment one, it's all beautiful and holy and good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't, I didn't see that that was like still at the center of me that there, it felt like there's all these other things I have to do um, and live up to in order for me to know and for others to know this body's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I couldn't adequately tell people that Lucy's body was good until I knew mine was.
1: Oof. That's, that's well. deep. And that's, it's, that rings really true to me. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to end, and I don't know if our audience has noticed that it's just me now. <laughs> we've, <laughs> gone, we've gone from not having Mercedes to not having Heather, too. It's Just Micah. I'm sorry, everybody. It's going
3: to end up one of us. And <laughs> soon <laughs> I will leave, and it'll just
1: be Lisa. <laughs> she and has I'll just to close this talking. thing down. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would love to know what is in your future for your career and where you see oh, yourself yeah. going. We know that um, in February, Gunger announced that this is – y'all's last uh this is your last tour and yeah. after that you're not gonna be recording as Gunger anymore mm-hmm. um, yep. which you know hearts are breaking all over the the universe but we understand um so we would love <laughs> to hear just more about that and what uh, what yeah. you see for your yeah. future yeah yeah uh, yeah the
3: shows so we started tour um, about we had like two legs of the tour, so we already finished the first one, and it was emotional. Mm. It was really emotional, um, knowing that it's our last shows. It's been yeah. it's been a decade of doing Gunger. We were doing right. music before that together as well, yeah. but as the band Gunger, it's been ten years. And but it's like it's like when you know the art piece is done. You're yeah. sculpting a sculpture, yeah. and you look at it, and you go, "Well, there's nothing else to add to it," and yeah. I think it's done. And, you know, we tried for a while. So like we said, we started out in Christian music and then we tried for a while to kind of like, we just loved writing music. And it wasn't necessarily, we weren't trying to make it like in the Christian vein. That's right. just where it ended up. Right. And and the, as the band evolved, we were singing about so many different things, but it kind of stayed in the Christian camp. Because um, we realized like once you start there, you can't really Yeah. You can't really get out and that's not a diss to anyone in the Christian music camp at all. That's just the nature of it. Right. <clears throat> but 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 we have noticed, I mean algorithms don't really won't really let us out either. So like if you mm-hmm. play a gunger song, then it'll go to another Christian band that we don't yeah. sound anything right like.
1: That and that so, has happened on my Google Home. Yeah. Several times. Happens all
3: the time. And we're grateful. We're grateful for what has been. We're so glad we're not ending it. It's not, nothing bad has happened. Right. Um, But we just feel like the piece is done and we are, we have more songs. Like we're, we're going to continue making music, but we are just taking a season of kind of clearing the ground and seeing what, what comes up. You know, what new yeah. things come up. Yeah. And, and and for me I've been holding music with open hands, saying in in my heart saying if this if there's nothing else, if there's no more music that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean I've been writing songs since I was seven years old. So I, th- I think there's going to be more music because yes. yeah. <laughs> it's how I process yes. life. The art doesn't leave you. No. There, there's something about this body that likes to make songs. So <laughs> I think there there will be more. And I, I I will actually be releasing a few singles, all, all that with clear, right as soon as I said clearing the ground to see what comes up. It's, it's funny. But I there's some songs I will be releasing as singles um, that we've been performing at the shows. One is called Woman cool. um, that people have really loved. Uh, so um, I'll be making, I think I'll be making an EP or a full oh, length like, album or just releasing singles that are, yeah. um, yeah. that, uh, that the themes are like femininity and, um, womanism. And, uh, so that's in that's the future. Exciting. Michael's, you know, we're doing the liturgist podcast mm-hmm. has kept us really busy and, um, the book stuff. Uh, you know, I, I released a book last year right. and Michael then just released a book. Michael's his, his comes out. April 16th. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. His new book. Um, and yeah, raising kids.
1: Yeah, girl, not for the pain yeah. of heart. No. Raising those kids. Um, well, we have loved having you. I'm hey. going to hop away and we're going to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, would you stick around and share a good news with us? Yes. Okay. And I will tell you more in a second. We'll be right back. Everybody today's episode is sponsored by jonas paul eyewear stylish kids glasses with an impact mercedes you know about style your babies are the coolest you know it so tell us
0: how cute these glasses are listen it's so hard to find on-trend glasses for kids these are the cutest kids' glasses out there. Heather's Macy wears them all the time and gets all kinds of positive feedback about her cute, cute glasses.
1: I mean, what is what is the point of wearing glasses if they don't make you look amazing? 100%. So, Merce, have you ever used a home try-on kit for glasses? No, but it sounds super fun, and it's kind of like you're playing dress-up. Totally. So we have Jonas Paul glasses at my house this past year Brooks my eight-year-old needed glasses so we got a home try- on kit from Jonas Paul and Brooksy is a kid who loves looking good he legit wore a bow tie all on his own for picture day so having a kid at home was perfect for him they sent us seven frames that he had all week to walk around in and make his own opinion and it was so nice to not have that hurry we have 10 minutes in a store with fluorescent lights to decide kind of feeling when he picked out his frame we put in our order online and ship the box of trial glasses back with the free shipping label provided super easy okay so you have
0: jonas paul glasses at your house and so does heather
1: yes and i asked heather about mason's experience with them we all know that getting glasses to fit on our kids with down syndrome can be difficult that flatter nose bridge, the lower set ears, all of that can make getting glasses to fit a challenge. Heather says their nose pads are designed specifically for children's noses. And the best part for Macy is that Jonas Paul glasses all have these unique adjustable tips so you can bend them for a custom fit and the glasses fit Macy's face perfectly.
0: These glasses are also so affordable, half the price of most of the children's glasses out there. And here's the best part part every frame sold prevents childhood blindness
1: in the developing world and for first time customers jonas paul is offering 15% off just use the promo code the lucky few at checkout so get
0: yourself over to jonaspauleyewear.com to learn more
1: Welcome yes. back, everybody. Hello. Uh, <laughs> We're still here. Both We're of still us. We're here. Both here. Micah and Lisa are still here. <laughs> we cannot leap. Um, so, Lisa, this is the sweetest way that we love to end every episode of the Lucky Few podcast, where we invite our listeners to call in and leave us voice messages about what they're celebrating in the life of their loved one with Down syndrome. Yes, that's and so great. I love it. It's the sweetest. And so, um, one of the ways that I love to bring it in is Heather and I love to have a little duet where we sing Good News. So, I'm just going to let you join me today. It's going to be beautiful. We are just going to say, Welcome, everybody, to Good News. Oh, good great. Good News. Come on, Lisa good news ooh good, good news. news ooh Bring on
3: good news this is good
1: news yeah girls that, that, that was, was it that was it the best good news that's ever existed <laughs> On the Lucky Few podcast. Thank you, Lisa Gunker, for singing case. Yes! Yes! Okay. Yes, it's time for good news, everybody. And we're going to start with Lisa. Lisa, what is one thing that you are celebrating in the life of Lucy? This is one of those things where we just love to give somebody, um, people in our community, the chance to share maybe that the rest of the world would not know is such a miracle right now but that is yeah. a miracle in your life so oh there's so many things
3: that are coming to my mind but one of the best is like that I love Lucy is pooping in the potty girl that is beautiful she's pooping in the potty and she goes like <laughs> she go she'll go oh just a little poop <laughs> Little poop, and then she does this.
1: Like she just opens up her hand. hand hand (laughs) She goes,
3: big poop. (laughs) And then she wants everyone to see it. So she, you know, it's the little like, the kind of little travel potty.
1: Yeah. 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 So you
3: lift it out, and she shows everyone (laughs) that's in the house, and we're all like, woo, poop. Like we're celebrating everything. We celebrate poop.
1: It's amazing. The poop. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I will, okay, so I'm going to share my good news, which is I got to school to pick up Ace yesterday, and we just have finished spring break, so it was his first time back in a week, and he was outside playing with two other little boys, and it felt to me like really engaging with them. Like uh, in a way that I yes. haven't seen before, where he'll, you know, he'll kind of follow kids around or he'll like watch them go down the slide and then go down the slide or whatever. But this time they were running and giggling together. And the little boys were like trying to tickle Ace. They were screaming, tickle Ace, tickle Ace. And he was laughing. And it just felt, it just felt like a moment, you know? like yeah. I, all those all of those moments that you have where you're like, he's gonna be okay. Yeah. and and just to to feel like he's learning how to be a friend and like yeah what more incredible thing do you get to witness in the life yeah of it's beautiful yeah yeah oh I love that thanks again to our girl Lisa Gunger for being here with us for being a maker and a creator we love your words your vulnerability your music And we're just so thankful to be in this Down syndrome community with you.
3: Oh, thank you.
1: I feel so lucky. Yeah, I'm glad to be in it too. Thanks for doing this with us. And as always, we want to give a big thanks to our editor and producer, Andy Laura, our amazing intern, Valerie Schleider, our sponsor, Jonas Paul Eyewear, and all of you who have shared the Lucky Few podcast with your friends, listened faithfully, and cheered us on. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that you, listener out there, celebrating your child or loved one with Down syndrome, you are a shout of worth and a narrative shifter. Keep going. we we'll are cheering you on. We'll see you next Monday on the Lucky Few Podcast. Bye. Bye, Lisa. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, bye Heather and Mercedes, wherever bye you are. Bye, Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening
2: to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our new home at anchor.fm slash Pod, where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. Visit Anchor or our website, www.theluckyfewpodcast.com, to begin supporting us today. Follow us on all social media at The Lucky Few Pod. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time, and thanks for listening.